0: Hi, my name is Lydia, and I'm Emma, and we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Well, welcome back everyone to the Holy Ship Podcast. Today we are joined by Faith, who is a women's health educator with a degree in health education. Her goal is to help women learn more about their bodies and how to best support them. And some of her favorite things to educate on are hormones, birth control options, and toxin free living. So welcome, Faith. We're so excited to have you.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're so excited to have you. I feel like we've been like chatting on Instagram for like a year now. So it's nice to actually like get you on the podcast.
1: No, it's so fun. I love everything that you guys do. So this is a huge honor to get to be a part of this. Uh,
2: Thank you so much. That means a lot to us.
1: To start off, would you mind telling us about
0: who you are, how you started Radiantly Living? Um, Oh, by the way, that's her Instagram, but I'm also sure she does Radiantly Live. So, you know, just to preface that. But (laughs)
1: Yes, so I'm Faith. I got my degree in health education, um, and I grew up in a holistic home. You know, my mom was a dietitian. Um, I'm one of six kids, and we just had so much fun. Like, I loved learning from my mom and all of her um, health tips and everything like that. It was just always so interesting to me. Um, so when it was time for me to select a degree in college, I saw um, this one, and I was like, oh, This would be right up my alley because like, I love the like health industry, but I like don't do needles. So like nursing was like an immediate, no, like, (laughs) um, and so I love this idea of being a health educator where I could like help healthy people stay healthy and just provide that piece of education because, you know, we're in charge of our own health. Um, so to be able to help empower others, um, to take charge of their health and really just learn, you know, what Mm -hmm. it means and how to best support your body's. Um, That was just really intriguing to me. And then I've also had kind of my own whole experience with health and hormones and just a lot. So I think I've probably learned more through experience, (laughs) more so than my degree, Um, but I'm thankful I do have that degree to kind of help me know where to look and where to learn from. Um, So yeah, so I started my Instagram page Radiantly Living as kind of an outlet, a place to kind of put all of these like thoughts that were in my head and to be able to start sharing. Um, And I think I chose the name Radiantly Living because to me, it means just you know, getting rid of anything that could be keeping you back or keeping you mm-hmm. from living your most vibrant life. Um, and for me, a lot of that was my health stuff. You know, I struggle with like chronic fatigue and like hormone chaos. And I, it's hard to get up and go serve when you're just feeling miserable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to me, radiantly living is, you know, tackling your, anything that could be holding you back from being able to show up as your best self. Um, And a lot of what I love talking about is hormones and toxin free living, just because those things in particular made such an impact on my life. Um, So that's kind of a little bit about me and what I do. So, yeah,
2: (laughs) my just to dive straight into it. My next question would be, what was your experience um, first with birth control. And would you mind sharing a little bit about that and your knowledge and expertise about birth control?
1: Yes, for sure. So if you go to my Instagram page, a lot of what I love to talk about is birth control because I had a crazy experience, (laughs) Um, but I'm learning that it's not a uncommon experience that actually a lot Mm -hmm. of women are feeling this way. So I guess when i it was right when I was like, just got engaged planning our wedding. I was like, oh yeah, I have to think about this too, on top of all the wedding planning. Um, and honestly, I thought my only two options were either like the pill or an IUD, Mm -hmm. like the most effective options. I just thought that's what I heard. That's what my friends were doing. That's just what I thought my options were. And honestly, the thought of an IUD and that process just terrified me like it was just something I was like uh um, like I said needles are not my thing that kind of stuff just freaks me out so I was like I'll do the birth control pill and so that's just what I chose and you know I was supposed to have my period on my honeymoon too and I was like wait okay I want to do that if I can prevent that you know I've heard this works um side note I did have my period on my honeymoon it was not my friend then (laughs) Um, But so I started the pill in this season of just crazy wedding planning and You know, the side effects didn't just hit me all at once. It was kind of a slow progression. Mm -hmm. Um, And a few of the biggest ones I like had really early on was a lot of the mental health things like depression, anxiety. And what's crazy is that I saw this the other day is that there's a study done that shows that young women, especially who start hormonal contraceptives, um, actually have three times higher the risk of suicide than women Mm. who are not on Wow control, which when I heard that, I was like, that makes sense. And I wouldn't say that I was suicidal during that time, but that depression was really heavy. It was like a mm-hmm. thick cloud. And so it was just like hearing that and be like, oh, wow, like I wasn't going crazy during that time. Like there was nothing wrong with me it was that the pill was making me feel this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that was one of the biggest side effects. And I started experiencing really heavy. And then, um, you know, as time progressed, then I started getting like the digestion problems and the fatigue and the headaches and just feeling overall <laughs> Um, And so that was just not a fun time But I didn't, I didn't realize that the pill could have been the culprit. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, I grew up in a healthy home. I have my degree in health education. Like I was, I was making an effort to do all the right things. You know, I was trying to eat well, I was trying to exercise, but I was just still feeling icky. Um, And so it wasn't until I saw on Instagram, her name is Sarah Grace Meckleberg. She is an angel sent from heaven because it was one night I was just scrolling and one of her reels popped up and it was listing the side effects of birth control. And I just remember being like, like, check, check check and check. And I was like, wait a second, like this could be my missing piece. This could be the root cause of my issues. And so I think that's something that sparked in me too, to want to start sharing that too. Like if I could, if because of something I did that someone else could have that same light bulb moment, um, you know, I'm just so grateful that I had that so to be able to pass that on. Um, so yeah, that was my like experience early on, like on the birth control pill was just those side effects just hit me so hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know that, you know, it doesn't, everyone's experience on the pill is very different. Um, Some people have no side effects. Some people experience Mm -hmm. them all, but my experience was that I experienced them all. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: So,
2: so what was it like getting off of birth control?
1: Yeah. So after I, you know, started, I think I was up to like 3am that night after I saw that reel of just like researching and just getting confirmation after confirmation. Um, so I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm at least going to try, you know, I can always go back on the bill if I want to, but I at least got to try. And my husband was very supportive too, because he was like, if this is going to make you feel better, it's definitely worth it. Um, and so I, read the book beyond the pill by dr jolene brighton which is the best (laughs) book ever (laughs) i'm so thankful because she does such a good job of explaining kind of what that transition looks like and how to support your body that way Mm -hmm. and so i was also working with my functional medicine doctor and talking about like you know we did blood work and um one of the biggest um reasons the pill causes a lot of side effects is because it actually depletes your body of key nutrients and vitamins which i did not know (laughs) Um, And so that's where a lot of those side effects come from, especially like the low energy stuff. And so I worked with her because I didn't want to like DIY it because, you know, supplements can be, you don't want to take something that's not going to be beneficial. Um, And so she helped me like, okay, I was very low in vitamin D. So we started working on that. Um, And so really getting those vitamins back up was huge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's what I started with. But I mean, it's been a journey like it's been. I've been off almost a year now and I'm still recovering. And um, I think something that's been important for me too, especially to learn about is that when it comes to hormones in our bodies, it's like everything impacts our hormones. (laughs) And so trying to take that, like, to me, that's what like a holistic approach means. I know that word gets kind of thrown out a lot, but to me it's that holistic approach of, okay, like, you know, your sleep, Yes, what you eat, what you exercise, what you put on your body, what you put around your body, what you put in your mind, you know, all of these things really impact our, our bodies (laughs) and Mm -hmm. everything. And so I tried, you know, just starting to incorporate this whole new, like lifestyle, look at it, not like a diet, not like a, you know, anything like that, but just, you know, what can my life look like to support my body during this healing time, um, so that's kind of what going off birth control looked like for me. And then I started um, doing fertility awareness methods. So I got the natural cycles app, which has been a huge help um, of just learning how I can prevent pregnancy naturally, mm-hmm. um, which is actually way more doable than I thought. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just been a lot of learning and a lot of, um, you know, trying to just show my body some love. <laughs> yeah.
0: Could you tell us a little bit more about that method and what that looks like in practicality and like how you actually tell like every day?
1: Yeah, for sure. So like the fertility awareness method. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yes, so fertility awareness method is basically where you your body gives us signs every day throughout our cycle of where we're at during our cycle and they're much clearer signs than I thought they would be. (laughs) Um, And so once you start tracking these signs, you can really narrow down when in your cycle is your fertile window, when that egg is actually going to be released from the ovaries because women are only fertile one day, 24 hours out of our entire cycle, which is about 28 days. And then it's the sperm that can survive for longer. That's why it's more of a window. Um, So basically what that looks like on a day to day is every morning I wake up and take my temperature in my mouth, just to put a thermometer in um, and see what that reading is. And then um, when it comes to temperatures and how that affects is after ovulation occurs, then your temperature spikes. And so once you see that spike in your temperature, it's a very clear spike. <laughs> then you know, okay, I just ovulated. And then you have about 24 hours till that egg, till so, so the egg dissolves. Sorry. Um, and then you can add another day or two just to be clear and sure. And then you're good. So mm-hmm. it's understanding how your body works um, really makes it super clear. Of like, and to me, that was a big thing too. was like, okay, if I'm only fertile about six days out of my entire cycle. Why am I taking this pill that's shutting down my cycle for the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> it's really only six days of um possibility. Um, so yeah, it's taking your temperature every day because that's such a clear sign. I mean, your temperature is what's your temperature is? It's very like scientific. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cervical fluid as well. So as your cervical fluid gets a little more liquidy, that gets you closer to the ovulation date because. Mm-hmm. That super liquidy fluid is what sperm can travel the fastest in. Um, So when your cervical fluid is really sticky, that's really early on. Like you're not ovulating quite yet because that sperm can't travel in that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So that is a really good sign. And then also just your period days. You know, if you the first day of your period is the first day of your cycle. So that's like day number one is your first full bleed. And then that last everyone's cycle is different. But let's just say like, you know, five to eight days. Um, and then ovulation will occur around day 14-ish. Mm-hmm. So, and that's also different for everybody in different cycle to cycle. Um, but once you start tracking, getting in the rhythm, it's really easy to see those signs. And thankfully too, we live in 2022 where technology is amazing <laughs> and lots of, um people have made new apps and technology, um, to help you track this as well. So, cause I use the natural cycles app. Cause I was just, you know, the first one I saw and it's an FDA approved of birth control. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, but it makes it super easy. Such so as what I do. Um, but yeah, in practice, it's a lot easier than what I thought it would be. <laughs> cause <laughs> it can be a little overwhelming at first. Um, I was like okay if I can take a pill every day I can take my temperature every day like it's really the same so yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and I saw this thing I think it was like in an infographic or maybe it did like a reel on it um, but you're talking about the difference between like calendar and rhythm method versus is it symptothermal thermal method yes, yes can you right. kind of like <laughs> explain that because I had never heard of any of those words other than like calendar and rhythm, just a normal use. So
1: I was like, I don't even know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, fertility awareness method is like this form of birth control where you are, you know, preventing pregnancy by tracking your cycles. And there's different ways to do that, almost like little subcategories. So there's the calendar method, um, which is a big, term. A lot of people think that the calendar method is fertility awareness method, but that's not technically true. Um, and then there's the symptom thermal method, which is what I just described, where you're taking your temperature, you're tracking your fertile window by the signs your body is giving you. Now the calendar method is very old and outdated. Like it's very like Um, And that's actually only 85% effective. It's really not that effective. Like I would not choose that. Um, But what's unfortunate is that a lot of um, like in doctor's offices and stuff, all of their like fertility awareness method is the calendar method. And so Mm then when they have the graphs in there about, you know, the different effectiveness rates of birth control, they have fertility awareness method at like 85%. Cause that's the old fashioned calendar method. And, and what that is, it's a little, it's a little complicated, <laughs> which is probably why it's only 85% effective is because you can't really understand it. Um, but basically it's where you take, you know, you track six months of your cycle before you even start preventing pregnancy without, you know, a barrier method. And out of those six months, you take your shortest cycles, so maybe the cycle that was like 26 days. And out of that, you subtract about, I think it's 18 days. And that's how you determine the start of your fertile window. So like 20 days, <laughs> minus 18 so day, okay. Day number 10 is the start of my fertile window. And then you take your longest cycle out of that six month period. So maybe that was day 19 or 29 days, a cycle length. And then you subtract 11 days from that end. And mark that, and be like, okay, there's my fertile window forever. <laughs> what? Like, it's so confusing. Why? Like it's really confusing. <laughs> it makes zero sense because you know that so many things can impact the length of our cycles, right? You know, stress can impact the length of your mm-hmm. cycle. Um, like working out a lot can impact the length. Um, and so to have my fertile window based on this calculation I did, <laughs> that may not even be accurate based on my past six months, it's just kind of like, there's so much room for error there Yeah, that that's why it's 85% effective. And that's why, you know, a lot of doctors will be like, oh, the fertility awareness method isn't that effective because they're going off of that. Right. Hmm. Um, and some doctors do have it updated. And I'm not saying this, I'm not saying this is a blanket statement for everybody, but Fertility awareness method often gets a bad rap, or it's like, "Oh, it's not effective," because they're talking about the calendar method, which mm. I would not do the calendar method either. <laughs> yeah. But the symptothermal method, where you are tracking the signals your body is giving you that are super correct because it's your body, um, that is actually ninety-nine percent effective when done correctly. Mm. So there's a huge difference between yeah. the two. So when you hear me talk about fertility awareness method, I'm talking about the symptothermal <laughs> method. <laughs>
0: wow that's so crazy and also so complicated like I still can't fully comprehend what you said I'm just like like, why why those (laughs) days of chat
2: or whatever anyways yay for technology and experience (laughs) (laughs) agreed
0: (laughs) yay for time you were talking a little bit about how like different things can disrupt like your cycle and can disrupt your hormones Mm -hmm. um Yes. What are hormone disruptors? How do we avoid them? Like, what does that actively look
1: like? Yes. So this is a, a big thing that I'm super passionate about because as I was making my transition off birth control, it's when I started, you know, noticing that a lot of the products I was using contained endocrine disrupting chemicals. And I'm like, hang on, I'm trying to balance my hormones here. <laughs> I don't need something that's going to disrupt them. So basically our, so our endocrine system is the function in our body. that's in, It's like a network of glands and organs that produce, store, and secrete hormones. So it's a very, very intricate system. (laughs) Like hormones are basically different messengers telling, you know, your different parts of your body to do certain things, basically. Um, And so endocrine disrupting chemicals are found in our environment and they can actually interfere with the system and they interfere by like mimicking hormones or blocking our natural hormones from even being able to be used. Um, and they can also alter our hormones or increase or decrease hormones in the body. So it really disrupts that whole balance and that whole system that is super intricate. (laughs) So that's what they are. And they're really prevalent, unfortunately, in the personal care products industry, because that industry is very much not regulated (laughs) at all. And what's unfortunate is even, you know, companies would be like, oh, ours is clean, or like, put a leaf on the logo. Um, If you look at the ingredients list, it's like, wait a second, you know, all Mm -hmm. of that marketing is not regulated, um, which is so unfortunate when you are trying to do something good for your health, and you're trying to make, you know, select clean products. And live a healthy lifestyle that when that marketing is very misleading, it's super frustrating. (laughs) So I hate that. Um, so a lot of these endocrine disrupting chemicals or hormone disruptors are found in our personal care products. And Mm -hmm. ladies, I am a product gal. Like I love my products. I always have, you know, I grew up as a dancer and like getting ready and doing stage makeup was always like my favorite part. Um, and so when I found out and realized that a lot of the products I was using contained these endocrine disrupting chemicals, I'm like, well, no wonder my hormones are all over the place because it all adds up so quickly. So I'll give you a little list of things that are like, you know, ingredients in specific. So if you were taking notes, maybe, you know, someone could write, these yeah. down. Um, but things like parabens is a big one. And that was like a, made it made the news a few years ago, parabens and how um, they can mimic estrogen, especially Um, which is crazy. (laughs) And that can lead to estrogen dominance. And when you have estrogen dominance, that's, you know, things like heavy periods, painful periods, um, bloating, like, you know, skin issues, like all of the not fun period problems, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what that estrogen dominance is. And so some of these endocrine disrupting chemicals can actually mimic that estrogen and make your body think it has more of it. And it's like going crazy. Um, so paragon's parabens is a big one. And then phthalates are also a big one. And that's actually found in fragrances. So when you look at an ingredient label, it's a bunch of words that are hard to pronounce. But if you see the word fragrance, that's another sneaky marketing thing, because companies actually don't have to disclose what makes up their fragrance components. And so that term fragrance can hide up to 3000 ingredients that we don't get to know, which is super crazy. (laughs) And so some companies will unfortunately use this to kind of sneak in cheap filler ingredients. And one of those is phthalates, which um, is really harmful to our hormone system and can mimic estrogen too. So if you see a bottle that contains fragrance, you know, third-party tests have been done to show this too, that phthalates can hide in that fragrance, which is really unfortunate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's another one to look out for is that fragrance, just because it's so sneaky. Um, And then another one is BPA. So that's like in plastics, you know, like water bottles and even like packaging, you know, like my, like deodorants can be in a plastic. Mm -hmm. And even if the ingredient label is clean, even if there's no... You know toxins in that ingredient label. If it's sitting in a BPA plastic, that it's leaching right into your product, and then you're putting that on your skin, and it's no longer a toxin-free product. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So those are like the top three that I personally like look out for. Like those are first on the list when I'm looking at a product. If I see any one of those, it's an immediate no. (laughs) I don't even care what else is in it. Um, Yeah, that's an immediate no. Um, And then there's other things as well. You know, there's just There's
2: a lot of them. Yeah, I was going to ask. So, first, what would be some prevalent examples of products with parabens? Mm -mm. And two, about the BPAs, I've recently been reading a lot about like microplastics and that's coming back um, up to surface and news and such. What about period products like tampons, pads, diva cups? Yeah. What do those do for our hormones? What is the best option? Um, so yeah, those yeah. are my two questions there.
1: No, for sure. Well, let me answer the first one first before I forget it. Okay. <laughs> so when it comes to parabens, they are in a lot. <laughs> so that's going to be like deodorants, um, body lotion, body mm-hmm. soap, you know, they, they made the news a while back, but some companies still use parabens. Um, and so you know, they come in, there's like a few different words that, but it'll always end in parabens. You know, there's like methylparaben, you know, that's right. (laughs) Um, so it really in a lot of those personal care products is where it's found. Um, but it's easy to spot on a label though. If you Mm -hmm. just, if you see the word paraben, then, you know, you'll know. Um, so hopefully that answers that question. Um, then when it comes to period products, they're, (laughs) <laughs> it's really unfortunate and you know these are products made for women specifically right. obviously <laughs> but they contain so many ingredients that are harmful to women which just breaks my heart like i it doesn't even make me like you know mad or like ah it just like makes me sad um it's just such a sneaky evil marketing thing to me um but yeah a lot of tampons and pads can contain plastics and to make up like those fibers um i've also seen some like fragrance in pads which why do you need that <laughs> like that's so unnecessary you know so those phthalates could be in there um and for so what i look for is just organic cotton like just give me some organic cotton and i'll be good <laughs> don't give me anything else um so that's what i look for so a few brands are like the cora brand is really good um the L dot brand is also really good. Um, Thankfully, they're much more easy to find in stores, um, which is super amazing (laughs) because it used to not be so easy. But um, like if you go into Target, you'll see a ton of organic cotton options Mm -hmm. that are great. And then when it comes to Diva cups and stuff, I just look for like a medical grade silicone Mm -hmm. and that's good. That's perfectly fine to use. Um, and a lot of them are that, but I would just double check, <laughs> but that's what I would look for. Very nice. That's so interesting. I also, and I feel like I need
0: to go like check my like pad container and like see what oh, the yeah. ingredients are. Lydia,
2: I had like a freak out moment a couple months ago and like got rid of everything I've ever owned. You <laughs> like for texting organic- me when you were
0: going through this, leaving me out. <laughs> no,
2: see, I feel like you're always so ahead of the game and oh. I'm the one catching up. But next time I'll let you know when I do a full on like raid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's crazy, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Wow. And
1: I feel like I've I've said a lot of things. So if, if anyone needs to rewind, like that's okay. <laughs> I hope I'm not like confused, being confusing or anything. Because mm-hmm. it's a lot. It is a no. lot.
2: <laughs> I have one question and it's just more <laughs> of like a, like a practical, like I was so much healthier In 2020, when I was working from home, my mom was a very holistic mother, you know, essential oils, clean, cleaning products and um, clean food. And we never went out and like bought really anything. So I my hormones were very balanced. I was a lot healthier. Now I live in New York. I work in a corporate office. What are some things that I can do to help regulate my hormones? Because I know that the place I spend eight hours a day in does not use like organic cleaning. Like they use Windex and bleach and like, so I already know I'm surrounded with those, but what would be some recommendations um, that you would have for people working in a corporate atmosphere who aren't able to regulate, you know, as much as their lives as they can?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we can only control so much when it comes to our environment. Um, So a few things that I would recommend is like, what you can control um you know just do the best you can with what you can control so you know things like you know bring your own hand sanitizer or bring your own hand soap i keep like a little hand soap in my purse <laughs> um to that's use that's a great idea um yeah so any products or like body lotion you know make sure that your purse is pretty stocked with <laughs> with the things that you know are good so, like hand sanitizer soaps lotions um and Let's see, you know, the cleaning products, that's something you it, it's, you can't really do anything about that. Um, right. But so I'd say like also supporting your body's detox system would be so helpful because what happens is our liver actually gets super backed up with all of the environmental toxins we're exposed to. Um, and so it can have a hard time flushing everything out. And side note too is the liver's in charge of getting rid of excess estrogen. (laughs) And when your liver is overloaded with a bunch of other stuff, it kind of throws that estrogen on the back burner and just is like, oh, I'll get to you later. I'll just send you back in the system. Um, So that's also something that could contribute to estrogen dominance. So supporting your liver is huge and helping your body filter out all those chemicals and stuff that you can't really help being exposed to. So that'd be things like, you know, make sure you're staying hydrated, drinking lots of water, um, make sure that your foods are foods that will support support the liver. So anything that's super high in fiber is really good. Um, and then yeah, Epsom salt baths are really good You know, doing those regularly. So I would say, yeah, to control what you can control and then make sure your body's boosted up to be able to detox that other stuff that you can't control. So, but it is hard. I mean, we don't, we're not supposed to live in a bubble either. So
2: <laughs> I know, but that is really great advice. I didn't know that about, um, our body's detox function because I've always been more estrogen dominant. And I think that like, I can tell when I'm like, okay, I have so much toxins in my body right now because my period is heavy. And Mm -hmm. so just doing practical things for myself to kind of support my liver and, um, to just regulate my hormones is so important to me, but it is so hard. And I don't know if Lydia feels this, but it is so hard living in New York. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can't have a average day ever, <laughs> like every day is so different. Um, but those are some really great tips that I think I can definitely implement in my life. Um, but yeah. Lydia, do you have any
0: more personal questions? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'm just wondering what like products or what would you recommend like shifting first? Like, because I feel like it's hard to, like, try to do, like, food and, like, beauty products and, like, all this stuff, like, at once. So is there one that I would say is, like, more important than the other? Or, like, what's an easy way to kind of, like, get your foot in and, like, start buying, like, these products first? And then you can kind of, like, work your way up from that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, great question. because. It is overwhelming, and that feeling of like, oh, I just want to overhaul my whole home, yeah, right? Like thousands <laughs> and thousands of dollars. <laughs> so yes, taking it one step at a time is really important to keep the overwhelm down. Um, and this might be different for everybody. You know, everybody lives kind of different lifestyles, so. I guess to help you narrow down where to start, I would first just kind of take inventory of your day. What does your day look like? You know, are you someone who wears makeup every day? Or are you someone who is in like a corporate office with cleaning products every day? Um, Just kind of take note of what your day looks like. And then... um, start there. So like for me, I think the first, well, for me, the first product I saw was makeup just because I loved makeup. And I just wanted to do that first. Cause I was just so excited about it. Um, but then, um, think about what products you're putting on your body that are being absorbed into your body. So like, you know, something like air fresheners is really important, but maybe that can be a little bit further down the list. Maybe like number five instead of number one. Mm -hmm. Um, But number one, personally, I would say like deodorant because you wear it every single day. Mm -hmm. And I have been since I was like 11 years old, (laughs) you know, and because deodorants typically are loaded, like loaded with lots of icky chemicals and toxins (laughs) That's a good one to kind of swap first. So like that, and then like any soaps or cleansers, um, lotion, anything that's like head to toe, full body. Um, that's really important. Like that's something that I personally prioritized first. Um, so I would start with that and yeah, just make a list and then just make sure you're staying in like a forward motion. You know, it's, it's so fun to check things off the list. Um, you know, and that's such a huge accomplishment too. Even if the only swap you ever make was deodorant, I will be very proud of you. <laughs> um, just because every swap makes a, such a big difference because it just it just adds up. Um, so yeah, that's where I would start. Head to toe, full body deodorant, everyday kind of use stuff. And then you can branch out from there. Um, and then when it comes to food stuff, food is hard. <laughs> like I think for me, One of my things when I kind of took inventory of my day too, I did this last summer when I was like, you know, going off the pill and be like, okay, wait a second. What is my health situation actually looking like? Um, You know, something that I know that I did every day was I went to Starbucks and I got a white chocolate mocha pretty much every day or like five times a week. And when I realized how much sugar is in those, it was like, oh my goodness, Wow, that's insane. And so that's something I started first was just, you know, I didn't cut coffee cold turkey. I didn't cut white chocolate mocha's cold turkey, but I started to reduce the amount of, you know, maybe I don't like it with one pump of syrup or something. So starting to reduce there um, was something that was huge for me. So think about what your daily habits are, like those like everyday kind of things mm-hmm. um, and start there. And then once you get those habits under control, you can start branching out. Um, but yeah, the key is to keep it simple on yourself, but doable um, and keeping that forward motion is key too. So going back to deodorant,
0: <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sweaty gal and B.O. I is I found one, Lydia. I found did you, one. too. Will did. it work for my
2: level of sweat? I think so because it's actually a man's like organic, Interesting. holistic deodorant.
1: Interesting.
2: I mean, it is like a gender neutral brand, but- just like a manly sit
1: okay. <laughs> Yeah. So the, the bummer thing about deodorant and maybe you experienced this too is, um, so the thing that makes deodorants antiperspirants that keep you from sweating is that aluminum. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately we want our bodies to be able to sweat because that's how we get rid of those toxins. So when you switch to a natural deodorant, you're going to start sweating a lot because no. you're used to not having that much sweat.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Girl it's bad.
1: Yes. But something that I realized if you can give yourself just like a two week grace period. So personally I sought my deodorant in the winter because I was like, it was like over winter break, you know? And so it wasn't going out much. It was cold. I wasn't really sweating as much. So, um, winter is when I did my deodorant detox and those first two weeks, it's really a transition period because your body, you know, that aluminum and those parabens build up. So your body's got to let all of that flush out. (laughs) And so those first two weeks, you know, drink lots of water, you know, you can do things like I did um, a like mask, like a, almost like a face mask, but on my armpits to help that detox process (laughs) um, to get that aluminum out. And then I, it's much easier from there. I promise you, if you can get through that two weeks, um, I didn't sweat as much um, just because your body's letting all that go. Um, and then, yeah, so Emma, I don't know if you experienced something like that when you swapped, but yeah, yeah, I was sweating a lot. I still sweat a little bit,
2: but it's a lot better now than it was when I first started. So that's a good point.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll send it to you, Lydia. Oh my word. I'm a little nervous. So my mom, we were like, I would say, you know, like what is it called? Like a granola mom. Is that what it's calling it now? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so like the, growing up like that was us and we used like the all-natural deodorant which like I think just like added and, like, a lavender the scent was it no. in like a pot what oh, okay yeah we did that <laughs> interesting no ours was like from the health food store and I think it like literally was just like a lavender scent with like lotion or something essentially oh yeah, yeah. and so like it did nothing and then my mom was like even she was like yeah I think we can use the real stuff because <laughs> y'all are like disgusting um so I'm like, worried it I just gonna smell all the
1: time? So funny. No, they've gotten better. They've okay, gotten better. I man. promise. You. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, no, so even if you even if you still sweat a little bit because you don't have that antiperspirant. Uh uh-huh. Um. I mean, I've noticed that it still don't stink, which is okay. Good. <laughs> well, you know, but what? they also
2: have natural antiperspirant now. Oh, interesting. I haven't tried it, but. Lydia, across my apartment, the organic like health food store, yeah, has like a hundred of them.
0: Wow, I have to go and check the ingredients this week. Let's yes.
2: go. Well, I can, can guarantee you, <laughs> there's no aluminum in
1: any of them. Yeah. This is like
2: <laughs> as bare bones as you can get. Incredible,
1: Mama. Um, I might need to come to New York City then to get some. <laughs> I'll take you shopping. I, <laughs> I
2: have my buddy Brian there. He's hooked me up with so many supplements. Aww. I went there today because I was like Brian. I'm just, I'm losing my voice. I'm losing my mind. And he was like, here you go.
0: <laughs> Incredible. So cool. uh, um, and then kind of like as the last two questions, one, what are some of your favorite low ta- l- low-tax brands? And then also,
1: do you have any resources that you think
0: people would benefit from knowing?
1: Yes. Okay. So some of my favorite Low brands. I'd say the first one is a brand called Attitude Living. They're based out in Canada. They are fantastic, and they just have a lot of those like staples, say so like shampoo, conditioner, body soap, hand soap, body lotion, um, and they're very budget friendly too. You know, I, it was an easy swap from my you know drugstore shampoo to then the Attitude shampoo is about the same price. Um, It's just an easy swap to make. So they have a lot of those like staples that are really nice and they all work really well. My only thing is I wish they used certified organic ingredients, but all the other ingredients are really good. They work well. So to me, that's a win. Um, So that's one of my favorite brands for all those like staples. Um, and then let's see, speaking of deodorant, my favorite deodorant brand is this one called rustic maca. So I don't know if they sell that in your health food store. They do. Really? Yes. I haven't been able to find it in any of the stores here. So I I always have to get it online, but that's what I use for deodorant, um, I'm always trying out new deodorants and stuff, but that was, you know, that was a good one that made that swap easy. So that's, that's another one that I love recommending a lot since it's such an important swap. And then, um, and one of my other favorite brands is the brand called Crunchy. And that's one I'm actually a part of because I just love it so much. I mean, I've been using them since they like first started. <laughs> and so it's such a fun, it's an amazing community to be, to be a part of. Um, but all of their products, so that's makeup and, skincare. So like I said, makeup was the first thing I swapped because I, I saw this one. And I was like, oh my gosh. um So I've been using it since. Um, so yeah, makeup, skincare. And, you know, before I was using like like Sephora makeup and <laughs> I loved my Sephora eyeshadow palettes. And so that was a really hard thing for me to swap because um, I didn't want to get rid of them, but I knew I needed to for like the ingredient wise. It was something I used every day. Um, so when I did make the swap, I was like, oh my gosh, why did this take me so long? Like this eyeshadow palette's awesome, you know? So getting something that's toxin free, but also high performing that didn't make me miss my Sephora makeup, um, was one of my favorite swaps to make. So that's another one of my favorite brands. Um, so yeah. And then what was your second question that you had? I forgot.
0: (laughs) Oh, just if there's any resources that you think people would benefit from knowing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to like product swaps and you know, stuff to swaps to make, you know, there's there's a lot of out apps out there that you can like scan your products. Um, like, you know, the Think Dirty app or EWG, and those are fantastic, like first places to go, um, because you can kind of get an immediate idea, at least of, is this a good product or is this a bad one? It'll give you a rating. Um, The other thing is that, you know, it's a good first step, I say, but it's not necessarily the end all be all because some of their, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's an app. So it's, you know, it's not super accurate 100% of the time. And, you know, sometimes there is a little bit bias, you know, if companies can kind of, you know, pay to have their products Mm -hmm. on there, you know, there's a lot of that So those are great, like first step, but I was always double check that ingredients list because you never know, you know, what could kind of slip through and stuff like that. Um, but those are great initial things to do. Um, and then I, I mean, I'm a good resource too, because I just love this so much. I'm reading articles all day, every day, um, you know, so I love reading labels (laughs) and I love teaching people how to read labels too and stuff to look out for. Um, And yeah. So there's a, there's a research site called, I think it's Medline. I think that's correct. Um, But they have a lot of research articles on specific ingredients. So if you have a question about a specific ingredient, plug it into there and it'll show you research articles. That's what I use to find all my sources. Mm -hmm. Um, They're a little bit, they're kind of a lot because it's like medical science studies. Um, but That's something I love reading. So that's what I read for fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those are some great resources to start. And then everything's always more fun with a friend too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can kind of link arms with a buddy and be like, okay, let's start this together and, you know, swap, you know, ingredient list. Like, what do you think of this? Or like, how like, I'll look up this ingredient. You look up that one. Um, you know, it's something fun to do together. So that's so great and then lastly where
0: can people find you at
1: yeah so i'm on instagram the most and my handle is radiantly living with faith um and then i just joined tiktok too and i've been having a lot of fun (laughs) so over there it's just faith underscore thompson um but yeah instagram is where i'm at the most though Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And as
0: always, if anyone has any questions, comments, or concerns, they can either DM us on Instagram at theholyship.podcast or email us at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com. We hope everyone has a great week.